Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Voices of Voldemort. It is I, your host, Anthony Perez, with my co-host here, Allison Ray. And one, I would like to apologize for the massive break we've had. A lot has happened. I, after the episode that aired, we were supposed to record, and I got sick, so we couldn't do it that weekend. Then, um, I've also like switched homes i went from living to my dad's living to my mom's so that was kind of a bit of a change for me um and we've also just had like pretty busy weekends and weeks because school has started for me since the last episode um ali has just had like personal stuff to do so yeah we apologize for that um, but to get started with this episode, as previously mentioned on the last one, we're going to be talking about, in our eyes, the most fascinating places on Earth. And as someone who majors in like marine biology and has a lot of interest in ecology and stuff, I want to do this because it's just something that I like and I feel like we could raise awareness on the environment and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it'd be really cool. <clears throat> um, to begin, I'm going to say one that is right next to me. It's literally like 20, 30 minute drive away from me. I'm going to go with the Everglades. No, um, I hate it. Huh? I hate the Everglades. Why? My dad almost got eaten by an alligator there. I. Because he decided I mean, to get out home. and try and take a picture. Bruh. <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? So yeah. Um. For those that don't know, the Everglades is a wetland marsh slash pine rockland slash forested area um think of like a lot of amphibians fish reptiles are gonna live there birds as well some mammals but not too much and a whole lot of insects but the everglades is the only place on earth where the alligator and crocodile live together and coexist they don't do that in any other place on earth they only do it in the everglades um in africa i think it's mainly the crocodiles that you see like the now crocodile um the amazons i think also have american crocodiles if i'm not mistaken and over here we have the American alligator and the American crocodile. And it's interesting because I, I, I've seen both. When I've gone to the athletes during trips at my high school, you've seen both and you would think like, hmm, they're really similar. They kind of have the same niche of being like this apex reptile predator that kind of eat the same food. So you would think there's competition, but not really. It's kind of like, hmm, what are two predators that don't really 
eat each other. I don't know, I can't think of it of an example in my mind, but they just don't for some reason. Um another interesting place on earth is I don't think wolves and coyotes do. I don't think they eat each other. And I would consider them both predators. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um over here for sure the gators and the Burmese python go at it. And it's kind of like a 50-50. Well, the pythons are uh, invasive. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense, but I like watching this one guy. He goes and like collects them from there to try and get them out of the Everglades. Is it a uh... Oh my god, what's his name? Garrett. Okay. Oh, no. That no. That's not how I was thinking of. <laughs> I was thinking of Coyote Peterson. No. He's um, from around here, around me, actually. Fun fact. He grew up like 20 minutes north of me. Coyote Peterson. Mm. Anyways, that's beyond the point. Um, Another interesting place is the Galapagos Islands. It's off the coast of Ecuador, and it is the only place that has penguins in the northern hemisphere. The North Pole does not have penguins, but the Galapagos Islands do. And I found it interesting because, like, one, you would think that the penguins live both on both sides of the Earth, north and south, but no. The penguins that we know of, literally all of them except for the Galapagos penguins, are in the southern hemisphere. And these penguins are the only ones on the top, or on the northern hemisphere, and... They look like the penguins down south, but for some minor differences, they could easily tell with their hair slash fur and the way that their color scheme is. They're black and white, and their beaks are also different, if you see them, compared to the, uh, the ones down south. Yeah, the Galapagos Island, a lot of these locations are going to be geographically isolated because, and if you take ecology, you'll know this too, but species just tend to get really crazy when they're separated from the mainland because there's not much uh, space for them, so they can't really, like, How do I explain this? Oh my god. Basically, if they're an island, they're going to have like very unique animals, is what I'm trying to say. You'll see it in Madagascar. You'll see it in the Galapagos Islands. And even down here in the Keys, you have like the big, big, quote-unquote big islands of the Keys, but then there's also little islands that could just be like a couple tens of feet big and they'll have some pretty unique diversity because they're just separated from the mainland 
Do you have any places? Yeah. You want? Um. So the first one, I I went here. Oh, what was that? Last no, the year before last, so twenty twenty one. Uh, it's down in like Virginia area. It's called Shenandoah. It's a national mm -hmm. park, actually. Um, and it's very mountainous there. Uh, kind of what they're known for around there is uh, growing blackberries, actually. You can get some amazing blackberry, like, um, desserts and, like, wines and stuff down there. But um, what makes it so beautiful is the uh, outlying mountains around it so it's the blue ridge mountains that outline it and when you look out onto um you know the mountainscape around you it's all covered by like a really uh, i don't want to say thick uh, but a really like blue fog across all the mountains um mm -hmm. And it is like one of the probably most beautiful things I've ever seen. Um, it used to be a region, you know, thousands of years ago, uh, hundreds of years ago, where uh, Native Americans would seasonally kind of visit to uh, hunt and gather food um, and also gather like resources, stuff like that. And when I was there, to me, I felt like the mountains, like, sung a history of you know these people going there and um collecting resources off of the land it's almost otherworldly like it's it's magical there's no other way to describe it how like the mm -hmm. blue tints are over the mountains there it's it just has like a sense of like uh mystical um to it it's uh Really, really cool. If you ever have a chance to go, I suggest it. It's very yeah, I've heard of there. it. Um, it's also actually uh, the Appalachian Trail runs through it as well. So that was also cool. We I got to go on the Appalachian Trail for we hiked it for about a mile. Um, we couldn't go too far because we were with my grandma, but um, I run, that's also actually my grandma's. She has visited just about every national park in the country. And that is her favorite as well. Um, so that's why I went two years ago was we, we took her to go see it again. Um, <coughs> wild black bears there too. We saw wild black bears. Well, I saw some. Um, another place that is really interesting um, that I've been to is called Mammoth Caves. It's down, it's kind of on the border of Kentucky and Tennessee. Mm -hmm. I think it's technically in Kentucky, but it's like, it's really close to Tennessee. Um, and it is actually the, I believe the world's longest caves, like continual, continuous cave system. Let me check and make sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the world's, uh, yeah, yeah I've heard it's the largest system. one. Yeah. So it has um, a lot of, like, great diversity when it comes to, like, plants and animal life, especially bats. 
it was kind of weird because like before we were able because i went down into the caves because you can go on like tours down in it so before you were able to like go on tours down into it you had to like wash your or step on like soap pads to like wash your feet um so i guess a lot of the bats were like getting diseased from people like going down there and stuff um it's really cool. It's a lot of like stalagmites and stalactites um, meetings are growing out of the ground and um, the roof. Uh, and uh, the one one of the kind of terrifying things they did is when they took us down, they took us down into this big room at one point and they had benches set up there. So we all sat down and then they turned off the lights. And told everyone to like be quiet and you could not hear anything you could not see anything it was a little terrifying it was like complete um except for feeling basically complete like sensory uh dep uh deprivation um that was a little crazy um another kind of cool thing about that area is um back in the olden days in like the 1800s uh, they actually believed that the caves uh, had healing properties. So, and back mm -hmm. in the 1800s, one of the big issues was um, TB, so tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. So, they would actually put, like, everyone who had tuberculosis down in these caves. Um, and, you know, obviously, caves did not have healing properties. They would die um, being deprived of light <laughs> basically and you know normal oxygen and everything um so it's kind of weird when you go because it is a national park it's kind of weird when you go through the park because it there's like grave sites um kind of scattered around of like the patients that had died um i believe one of the trails is actually has like some of the carved out huts that they like carved out of the stone for the people to stay in we didn't go on that one but that is like one of the things one of the ones that you can go on um really interesting um another it's not kind of fascinating place is uh lake erie the only reason i say it's fascinating is because it kind of look it's kind of like a little ocean but it's a lake it's kind of odd there are i i think more shipwrecks in like um per square foot in lake erie than there are like in the atlantic or pacific ocean because that part of the u.s um you have three jet streams that like go through it and weather <laughs> And what that does is makes the weather extraordinarily unpredictable and very, very strong. Um, like the last time I was up there, the waves were worse than what I normally see in the ocean. Um, so it's not like that amazing to look at. Like Erie's very dirty, but it's just kind of really interesting how the lake kind of acts like a mini ocean. Um, Do you have, um... Yeah, so... I found, like, four or five. Um... The first one I'll talk about is the... 
God, I might, I might pronounce this bad, but it's called the Tianzi or Tianzi Mountain in China. These peaks are really crazy because if you don't know this, just think about like, and if you've seen Avatar: The Last Airbender. You know the place where Aang and Ozai were fighting, where they had like super tall rock pillars? Yeah. Think of that with a whole bunch of vegetation because it's in a jungle growing on it and like underneath it. But about like halfway the pillar, the jungle stops and then the rest is just rocks. So it looks like, it generally looks like Minecraft generation. If you were to put the world on Amplified, so everything is super tall. And it's just a whole bunch. It looks cool. And I like they call it there's a there's like four wonders that they named here. One of them is a sea of clouds because they're so tall that the clouds are above the jungle but not above the peaks. So it's like the peaks are just poking through the sea of clouds or whatever um there's another one with another one right close to me actually the bermuda triangle um for those that don't know it's between bermuda florida and puerto rico and the reason why this is interesting is because there's been a lot of People and planes that just have like disappeared without anyone knowing what happened to them. It played a part in like the whole investigation with Amelia Earhart and her disappearance. And there's been claims of like really odd magnetic greetings. And the US government like denies that there's anything there, but it just, there's been a lot that's happened in that little area that's kind of like spooky um and there's another one called the nazca lines in peru it is it's it's like lines that it seems to be resembling a bird it's an animal figure in ancient or in peru by the ancient nazca and it's allegedly a great mystery and you could really see it good from one of their scenic flights um there's an image here and it looks like a bird with a super long beak the feet has like four toes or whatever and then the wings and the tail or like giant rectangles but they're separated. It was like if you were to cut a piece of paper with scissors and kind of just snip across it, but not fully to cut off that piece of paper. I don't know if you got that image, but that's how it looks like. Um, another interesting place here is the... Hmm. There's... An island. I, I want to say it's near Brazil. Um, it's called Snake Island. Um, I believe it said that 
Give me one second. I need to see how this statistic. Okay, yeah. So there is said to be one snake to every square meter on that island. Mm. And it's like prohibited to go there from how many snakes there are. It's estimated between one and five snakes per square meter. No, thank you. I would never. It's just crazy because, like, how is there that many snakes? And what is living on that island to feed them? Well, That's the crazy part to me. Snakes will eat other snakes, no? But then, why are their num? Why would their numbers not decrease? Because snakes have—I don't know—they have a lot of babies. Like I get, once they reach a certain point, they might be able to reproduce. But no, no, that doesn't even make sense because they're eating themselves. If that was the case, but I don't know. I, I, let me research actually. <laughs> Okay, let's see. The snakes became trapped on the island thousands of years ago following the end of the last ice age when rising ocean levels disconnected the island from the mainland. The island is the only natural home of the critically endangered venomous Bothraps insularis, aka the golden lantern pit viper, which has a diet of birds. Okay, but why are the birds still nesting there? You know, one thing that fascinates me, because we're talking about, like, a bunch of, like, you know, animals living on islands. Uh, you know, there's multiple islands around the U.S., specifically around, like, the East Coast, that just ha- are full of horses. Really? I've never heard yeah. of that. Because, uh, like, one that I know of is... I, I know there's more than one, but one that I know of off the top of my head is Carrot Island, because I've been over to that one. It's, like, um, off the coast of uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because when the Spanish came over, they would they just kind of dumped their horses. Like, way, way, way back, you know, when they were still exploring... Uh, the U.S. before it was colonized or anything like that. Um, yeah, explorers would just come over. They would, like, stop on an island and just not, like, put their horses back on the ship to take them. Or, like, the, they would die on the exploration the horses would just be on the island left. So, yeah, now there's just random islands around the U.S. that are just full of horses because they've just lived there for hundreds of years. Nothing there really kills them. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, there's another one. Uh, oh, that one's up in Montana. Wild Horse Island. Like, there, there, there's a lot of just random islands just have a bunch of horses. I got to go to Carrot Island uh, one time. It was it was really cool to see just a bunch of wild horses uh, running around. You said carrot island, like an actual yep. carrot. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Other ones, um, there's one called, what's this island called? I don't know if it has a name. It's off Virginia coast. They believe, like, the horses got there because they were survivors of a shipwreck and just found, found the island. And now they just live there. Because, mm. I mean, not, nothing there kills them. They're just on an island, so. No. I don't know if there are... Yeah, there are some that are native to here, but yeah. Uh, one place that I found when I was looking at like beautiful and interesting places is I'm going to destroy this name in Gazu Falls in Argentina. Um, it is the world's largest waterfall system. And um and it's like located on the border of Argentina and Brazil. Mm. And it is I'm looking at a picture and it is beautiful. It's just like a flat mountain that just goes down into like nothing just like goes straight down basically kind of like if someone mm. just uh you know took a square chunk out of the world it's all like green lots of trees and stuff and then there's just probably hundreds of waterfalls going down into what looks like just a giant like uh river base at the bottom of it um and i guess legend has it um that a powerful deity was rejected by his mortal lover and, and in a rage he sliced the rivers uh, thus creating the waterfalls and I mean kind of what it looks like it looks like someone just took an arm and like sliced a river downwards to create like a bunch of just waterfalls going down into it that's one place that's I'd love to visit So there's another place that um that I've actually been to. Um it's called La Isla de Ometepe in Nicaragua. So this island it is an island composed of two volcanoes inside the middle of Lake Nicaragua, which is inside the middle of Nicaragua. So it's just like a whole bunch of stuff inside of other stuff. And it's just so cool to me because when you go on the island, you could see the two volcanoes, like just by turning your head. And it's crazy because where I was, I was like in between the volcanoes. And it was very scary because I'm like, one erupts, the other one's gonna trigger it, and now I'm sandwiched in between two volcanoes in the middle of a lake. Where am I gonna go? But it was yeah. super pretty. Super pretty. Um, 
the air was I remember going there and I was like this air is way better than air. air. It's like natural air. Everything is so green and so blue. And the clouds were like going over the volcano in a way that it looked like it like was a cap to the volcano. It was super cool. My mom went to a hike to go to like this one waterfall. I was so scared. <laughs> Who do you think I am to be hiking a volcano? No. Mm-mm. I'm not about to do that. Yeah, there's there's uh two interesting parts to the island. There's one where there's like a springs type of thing. It's fresh water and you could swim in it and it's super clear. You could see the bottom. It's see-through like if the water was like glass. And there's another part where I walked on it's it's going away from the island, but both sides of the water are crashing into the sand on both sides. So it's like, it's kind of cool in the way that when you go to the beach, you know, the water's just crashing on one side, but here it was on both. It was colliding with each other and you could only go when the tide is low. For obvious reasons, because when it's high, it's just not going to be there. But it was really cool. And there was black sand. That was the first time I've ever seen black sand. It was super sparkly. Yeah, it was really cool. I've never been to a volcano. I would like to go to one at some point. I've just never been. We don't have them around me. We have mountains. We don't have volcanoes, though. I feel like those are more, like, in the western part of the U.S. Oh, yeah. Um, Where California is. Yeah. I don't think there are any near me. I don't have to worry about volcano erupting. Like here, he's just gonna swallow me up. It's fine. Yeah, they're definitely gonna be on the the west. It's oh, there's one in Illinois. That's pretty close. Oh, there's some in Michigan. In Virginia. Yeah, okay, I would think over here. it's really New Jersey has one. That's crazy. I think the more prominent ones are definitely on the west or at the very, very, very north of the U.S. Virginia's kind of in the middle. Yeah, but it's not like one of the prominent ones. Like, if you go to where California, Alaska, Oregon, Washington, they're going to have. Which makes sense because that's where the fault is. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean the ones around here have not erupted for 
What does M-A stand for? Uh, One million years ago. Yeah. <laughs> They've not erupted for a million years, so I don't think they're erupting anytime soon. More than a million years. I was gonna say, these all just look like hills. Well, that'd be why. They're, they're very much dormant. It's crazy because you know, the, really the U.S. Uh, fault lines or anything here. The U.S. is like part of the entire the West Coast. Mm-hmm. California, like the whole West Coast, Central America, South America, Alaska, and then you have Asia. Going all the way down. Not Australia, though. It does not include Australia, which is crazy. Do you yeah, have that's... Um, any other interesting places? Mm, not really at the top of my head. That's kind of where I've been. I've been to Jamaica, but the the places in Jamaica that I've gone to, um, I don't really remember because I was in seventh grade. The last time I went to Nicaragua was in eleventh grade. So like that's a bit more fresh in my head. But I do remember in Jamaica, the mountains, oh my God, those are so cool. It was a whole bunch, it was like rows and rows of rows. And I shouldn't even say mountain. It was rows and rows and rows of hills, just grassy hills. And again, the vegetation was super green. And that's like really all I remember. I remember there was one beach that we went to, the water was it was it was a, the prettiest blue I've seen, but like that's about it that I remember from going to Jamaica. I'm surprised that there's hills there. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm not. I feel like a lot of like islands have like a hill, oh, like yeah. a volcano or something on it. I mean, look at Hawaii. That's all it is. Uh, what is the next uh, podcast going to be about, Guy? So, the next podcast is gonna... I don't know if you want to call this political, but I am because there's a particular political party that is related to this, but the next topic is going to be about banned books. So we're going to go through different the different banned books that you can no longer teach in school and why they were banned and where this takes us as a society because some of these books that have been banned are banned for in class. So to see them banned is crazy to me. And on top of that, I learned quite a bit from them. Some of them is like To Kill a Mockingbird, Of Mice and Men, um, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, stuff like that. Yeah, they've been going off the rails with uh, banning books. I think uh, 
Even some of the uh, Judy Bloom books are like now banned and stuff. Um, um that one book, which... the Fahrenheit book, Fahrenheit fifty one, I think it's called four fifty one. That one's banned. Yeah, I've never read it, but I heard it was it was really crazy. Um, Catcher in the Rye is another one that gets um banned a lot um like i said they're even starting to ban judy bloom books which is crazy but um yeah mm -hmm. come back next week hopefully uh to listen to us talk about banned books and have a great week until then